Welcome to the Good Fight Radio Show, a program dedicated to bringing you vital and uncompromised truths that you won't hear in the mainstream media, discussing contemporary issues in light of the Bible and how these issues relate to family, culture, and the church. The heart of this show is to glorify Jesus Christ and expose the works of darkness as he is commanded in Ephesians 5.11. Now here's your host, Good Fight Ministries' own Chad Davidson. Actor Steve McQueen was larger than life with iconic roles in movies such as The Cincinnati Kid, The Towering Inferno, as well as The Great Escape. Steve McQueen was known all over the world as the king of cool. In fact, it's been written, quote, many actors have been considered cool over the years. From James Dean and Paul Newman to Burt Reynolds and Samuel L. Jackson, Hollywood has always been home to a collection of ultra cool guys. But only one actor has earned the nickname the King of Cool, and that's Steve McQueen. Now, when we look at the life of Steve McQueen, the thing that we want to look at in today's show is not simply his life as an actor, but the spiritual journey that took the King of Cool to the true King of Kings. Amen. And with me today to discuss that is the president and founder of Good Fight Ministries and pastor of Blessed Hope Chapel in Simi Valley, California, Pastor Joe Schimmel. How are we doing today? Doing great. We're going to have a really great show. We're so happy to have Leonard, who you're going to introduce next, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, amen. And uh, yes, before I got a chance to introduce him, you've already heard his name, but we are so excited because we have brought alongside Steve McQueen's own pastor. In fact, you're going to hear the story of Steve McQueen's spiritual journey. And in 2017, there was a documentary put out called Steve McQueen, American Icon. And in that documentary, a lot of it spoke about the untold story of Steve McQueen and his quest, his spiritual quest, we should say, in terms of how he came to know the Lord Jesus. And right at the center of that, and hopefully actually more so at the end, is his pastor, Steve McQueen's pastor we've brought with us today, and this is Pastor Leonard DeWitt. How are we doing, brother? Good to be here. I am, Praise God. I am so excited to have this show and have a, an opportunity to do something a little different with Good Fight Ministries. You guys know our ministry well off as being a ministry that has exposed wickedness and then brought forth the light of Christ from things that have happened in Hollywood and music and so forth. But what we want to do in this episode is talk about those answered prayers that have happened. Amen. Those answered prayers where people said, hey, there's all this wickedness going on. But we want to talk about that somebody who saw that wickedness was just like King Solomon, who lived a life full of every pleasure and yet found at the end that that was not ever going to bring any fulfillment. So we're excited to talk with Pastor Leonard DeWitt. We're excited to talk with Joe Schimmel as well today to bring to you something a little bit different when it comes to Good Fight Ministries, because you're going to hear about somebody who was prayed for and someone who came to the Lord in Steve McQueen. Now, Joe, I know you have a number of questions for Leonard, so I'm going to let you start off with one. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I think a good one to, you know, to start off with is basically looking at the initial aspects of his conversion. Uh, because here you have the so-called King of Cool, the you know, top actor for, you know, at that, that time period. And all of a sudden for him, I mean, that, that's a huge change for him to all of a sudden begin going to your church and not just becoming a, a pew warmer, but somebody who earnestly wanted to know who Christ was. And it uh, was just... Uh, if you could elaborate and give us a little bit of background on what happened in regard to uh, 
Sammy Mason, you know, who you had shared with us, had been mm-hmm. a uh, test pilot for Lockheed for their planes and stuff. And Steve, I was thinking, being so into like motorcycles and mechanical stuff and speed and all those things, was probably enamored just being with him as his pilot. But the impact that he had as far as a witness, mm-hmm. and I mean, because that's what people don't realize. I mean, when you shine the light of Christ, we're supposed to be the light of the world. That leads people to him. And I just think that's a powerful part of the testimony, which eventually leads him to your fellowship, and you shine the light of Christ. If you can start with uh, with uh, Sammy Mason and that aspect sure. of his conversion. Steve had purchased, uh, I would call it an antique airplane. I think it was by wing. And um, whoever sold it to him said, if you're going to actually fly this, he had it fully restored. So it was, it was like in new condition. Uh, there's only one person to teach you. And he said, uh, his name is Sammy Mason, and he lives in Santa Paula. So uh, Steve, you know, he took that advice, and he, he called Sam and uh, said, Steve, uh, he said, Sam, this is Steve McQueen, and I have this airplane, and I've been told that you're the one to teach me to fly. And uh, Sam said, well, I really don't have any time. <laughs> but um, so he said, I'm sorry, but my schedule is really full. And, and he hung up. It, well, then he got to thinking about where have I heard that name? <laughs> That's funny. And uh, uh, Steve was not one to easily take no and uh, so Sam thought, well, if he calls back, now that I know who he is, I'll at least try to meet with him sure. and, and see if we can fit him in. And uh, so uh, I'm not sure how much later, but S- Steve did call again. And uh, Sam said, well, he said, my schedule is full. But he said, uh, come on over to my office and we'll talk and see if we can can fit you in. And that's how that started. And, and how was it that he, how did he impact him? What was it about uh, Sammy's life oh. that gave Steve a hunger and thirst for righteousness? And- Steve, as an actor, had been a favorite of mine for years. I think the, I think the Towering Inferno was my favorite. But uh, anyway. <laughs> not uh, the blob? <laughs> no, not the blob. <laughs> but... Um, uh, I just knew when I heard that uh, he was taking flying lessons from Sam Mason. Because Sam, Sam is uh, probably about 6'3", 6'4", uh, slim. Uh, he'd, been a, he'd been a stunt pilot at one time. He was a mm. test pilot for Lockheed. Right. Uh, he flew at air shows. So he had such a grasp of the industry. And um, so... When when Steve did come to his office, and they talked, uh, Sam thought, if I, if there's anything I can do, I'm going to fit him in. And uh, Sam Sam wasn't the preacher type. He he was rock solid in his faith, and he lived the lived life. Lived the life. Praise God. Lived the life. And I, I knew that that as I knew Steve, I knew that would register that he would see something that wasn't fake or phony, but he would recognize this guy, this guy's family 
has something that uh, I want to know more about. Praise God. And that, that's really that's really the magnet that drew him. Right, and Hollywood is known for pretense. Yeah. And here he is seeing this authenticity yeah. Yeah. plus being somewhat striking, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. So um, after, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say after just a few months, maybe three or four, Steve was still living down at Malibu, I believe. And, uh, but Sam said, uh, Steve, some Sunday, uh, if you were available, we'd love to have you come and worship with us. And uh, so Steve took the information and saw me there. And when he started coming, he just felt at home. Wow. Praise God. The people didn't bother him. You know, they weren't asking for autographs or anything. And uh, uh, the the Mason family always sat up in the balcony. And uh, he just sat. They had six children, and he just sat with the whole family. Wow. And uh, so uh, he, he was hungry. And uh, and he was listening, and so probably, he, I think he'd been coming about three or four months. I I had not met him, but uh, one Sunday I was out in the foyer greeting the people, and I felt someone tap me on the shoulder, and I turned around, and he said, uh, Pastor, I'm uh, Steve McQueen, and I said, oh, hi, Steve. I heard that you were worshiping with us. And he said, um, I wonder if you'd have some time one of these days where we could get together and talk. And I said, sure. And I, I gave him my card. I said, call me in the morning when I have my calendar in front of me. And uh, so that's that's how we connected. And uh, we met at the old the old Santa Paula Airport restaurant. Oh, wow. And uh, we, met, we met, oh, probably about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, so there wouldn't be anybody there. Right. Now, Pastor Leonard, a lot of people, it comes out, I think, in the documentary, and you see sometimes it's splattered around that he had questions, and, you know, reports are like oh. two hours long. You guys had a session. Yeah. But one thing you don't see anywhere online, or I haven't seen, we haven't been able to find it, is what questions did he have for you? We're curious. Oh. <laughs> what did you have to answer, and what really brought him over to Christ? Well, he, he wanted to know as much as possible about Christ, Praise God. Yeah, he had a lot of questions about Christ. But uh, he also wanted to know, can, can you trust the Bible? Right, reliability. Yeah. Is, it, is it accurate? Is it reliable? Praise God. And uh, so to be able to share with him from, from prophecy and different perspectives. Right. You know, that uh, these things really happen. In fact, I'd been to Israel a number of times. Praise God. And I said, I've been to the places where this is talking about. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. so I know they exist. Right. And uh, so, uh, and then what difference, what difference does Christ make in a person's life? He, he was interested in that. You know, is it going to make me a, a kook? All right. <laughs> but, uh, so it's those were the yeah. kind of issues that we talked about. Right. I think it's uh, awesome because... When you think of Steve McQueen and the questions he's asking, uh, they weren't surface questions. They no, were the questions no. of a real of somebody who was, as you're saying, searching and hungry yeah. for the truth. And well, he told me he says I I work in Hollywood, but the reason I live out here is because this is life. Wow. Yeah, this is life. Right, which kind of leads us to the question of him being, you know, uh, you know, they just won the Super Bowl, uh, the Patriots. Uh-huh. And after the first two or three Super Bowls, Tom 
Brady was on 60 Minutes and Steve Croft was talking to him and, he, and he's, he's frustrated with life. He's saying, why am I so empty? Yeah. You know, I don't have, I'm not fulfilled. I've got Super Bowl rings and what have you. And, and now he's got six, but yeah. he's still going to be empty because everybody's looking for it, you know? And in Hollywood, you think, oh, I've arrived money, fame, and all, notoriety and all. But it, it's not it. It's about him, amen? That's right. So you're basically saying that he knew that wasn't real. Right. And so exactly. you're able to, Those you, are his, his questions were about Jesus. Yeah. So what, did, yeah. what, you know, what kind of things probably did you share with him about the Lord, about Jesus? Uh, why he came, that uh, he, was the mo- he was the most unique person who ever lived, son of God, son of man. Amen. You know? And uh, why he why he went to the cross? That he was the only one who was qualified to go to the cross. That uh, he he who knew no sin became a sin offering for us. Praise God! So that through him we might become the righteousness of God. And uh, so, uh, and his was a once and for all sacrifice. Amen. No Amen. more sacrifice for sin. Absolutely. So, so he's the real deal. <laughs> you know. Praise so, God, brother. So those are the kind of things that we shared. And uh, and he, uh, I mean, he was he was hungry and he was searching, and it it just rang the bell. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, Marshall Terrell, who's been a, a great help to us as well in this. Yeah, I've worked has, on has, several of his projects. <laughs> seven biographies. Se- yeah, McQueen. seven biographies on Steve McQueen in his in his book, Steve McQueen, in his own words. He gave us a number of quotes, and I wanted to start with this one because we're kind of talking about this now yeah. uh, in terms of you brought up Tom Brady. There's been actors like Shia LaBeouf, right, was a, a big actor, and he said he had a God-sized hole in it. He actually he called could, it a God-sized hole. <laughs> that he know how to fill it. Well, I think you know the answer, God-sized <laughs> hole. <laughs> you, you got it. And one of the things that Marshall did for us was he marshaled a few quotes for us and gave us quotes pre-conversion and yeah. post-conversion. And this one I thought would be great. To, to start with, because he says this. This pre-conversion? This, this is a, a pre-conversion yeah. quote from Steve McQueen. He says, that's the hardest part about this business. Once you've established yourself as a professional, you suddenly wake up and say, now what? Yeah. Now, were some of the questions you believe uh, directed at that idea, you know, somewhat? Like, I, I achieved all these things, and then now what? And now he's looking for something. He definitely, he definitely was looking for something, and I think that that's why he wanted to know what difference would Christ make in a person's life. That is it going to be more of what I'm used to, or is Christ really going to bring about a change that I will be happy with? And uh, so those, those are the kind of questions, not only about Christ personally. But, uh, you know, the, the Bible says that if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Amen. All things pass away and all things become new. And so Steve really wanted to know, is this real? Mm. Is this life that the Bible's talking about, is it real? Or is it pie in the sky? Is it someone's imagination? Uh, so that was really important to him because he was, he was used to Hollywood. Yeah. And uh, he had respect for Hollywood. He earned his living like that, but that wasn't the kind of a life that he personally was interested in. It, yeah. it hadn't satisfied. Yeah, I'm glad we're getting these answers. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people, I thought, you know, Leonard probably gave me some really, really good answers. I could tell you did, mm-hmm. but because uh, we just found out, we had lunch with uh, Leonard a little bit earlier and uh, just before this, and, and he said, before we be- 
you know, God put on his heart to become a pastor when he was a little kid. He wanted to become the next Perry Mason. So you're a lawyer. You're an apologist for Jesus, and, and you want to be a lawyer, lawyer for Jesus. Well, I, I kind of look Dude, at it that way. Yeah, right. You, you know, when people Christ along these lines, then uh, you know, the story with Steve is that he lost his dad when he was young, mm-hmm. so he didn't really have a role model of what it was to be a man, right. especially a man of God. So, uh, so I understand that that Sammy played that role for him initially. Right. And then right. I believe you probably did as well. Yeah. And eventually he's led to the ultimate father, his father in heaven through Christ. Yeah, yeah. no doubt about it. So how, how did that play out in his life? Did you see, was that part of it? He just... I think that, I think that he saw in Sam someone that uh, he could trust, someone mm. who genuinely cared about him. Praise God. And the whole family, the whole family just embraced him. And, uh, and so he saw in them a quality of life. You know, they, they prayed over their meals. Uh, they were respectful. They were supportive. They were encouraging. Uh, they, they were just rock solid. Mm. And he saw, he saw in their values uh, family, for example. Right. The family was important, really important to them. As, as, Praise uh, God. Yeah. And so he saw that. And that's why I was so intrigued when I heard that he was taking flying lessons. I, I just knew that if he was if he was the kind of a person I thought him to be, he would be intrigued. Right. He'd be intrigued, and that they, was good spiritual intuition. They would be like a, a magnet. Right. Wow. Just drawing him in, drawing him in. Praise God. And and he would. So so when they uh, when they invited him to church. That was no big deal. He was ready. Wow! You know, I don't That's know fantastic. what he, I don't know what he thought he was going to experience, but he trusted them. Right. So that leads to this question because we want to, you know, when we talk about the gospel, it's Christ's death for yeah. sins, His burial, His resurrection. Uh, from the human standpoint, you have to be convicted of your sin, recognize you're a sinner, and that right. you need you need to put your faith in Christ, who's uh, the ground of our salvation is His work on the cross, His shed blood, and so forth. Uh, Steve came to the point. And I'm sure, I'm sure it's true. I want to hear it from you and how, how that, what that looked like, where he realized I am a sinner mm-hmm. and I need to be forgiven and be born again yeah. by His grace. You know, usually, so. usually at the end of my services, I give an opportunity for people to accept Christ and and why they need to. And, God. Yeah. So um, during that two hours at the airport, when he's firing one question after another. Finally, he just sort of sat back and... Um, Satisfied, hopefully, a little bit. <laughs> he says, well, that's all my questions. <laughs> and I just uh, sort of smiled and said, well, Steve, I have just one. <laughs> and he grinned. He says, you want to know if I'm a born-again Christian, don't you? <laughs> and I said, well, that's really what's important to me. Praise God. So... uh he said, you remember the Sunday, and it was probably maybe three or four weeks before, that, and I don't remember what I preached on that Sunday, but at the end, I gave a, an invitation. There, there were a number of people that Sunday who came to Christ. But uh, anyway, he said, on that particular Sunday, at the end of the service, you gave an opportunity for, for us to receive Christ, and he said, that's when... I invited Christ into my life and was, born, and was born again. Praise God. Well, of course, 
that was fuel for my soul. <laughs> Amen. And I just, I just told him, I said, Steve, that's what's really important to me. Amen. And uh, our relationship was, our relationship was, uh, I w- he was older than me, so I wasn't a father figure, but uh, he saw in me and discovered that uh, Leonard could be a genuine friend. Praise God. Uh, along with being his pastor. Very good. And uh, so, uh, and he, he told me at that particular point, in time, he says, Leonard, I don't know hardly anything about the Bible. So I'm going to be counting upon you. He says, could we meet on a regular basis? Wow. And uh, so we set up a program where we met once a week, and we would spend a full hour in Bible study and, and prayer. Praise God. And answering questions. I wasn't questions. aware of that. That's yeah. great. You were discipling him. Yeah. That's beautiful. And answering questions and so forth. And we would do it out at his his acreage or his ranch. Right. And uh, so it was quiet beautiful. out there. And... and uh, uh, Part of the time I had my associate, Dr. Miller, uh, if I couldn't go, he got to know Steve, and so he would go. So we kind of did a kind of a tag team approach in uh, ministering to him and grounding him and so forth. Now, did the media pick up on this at all? Or? No. Yeah, I was, I was expecting that answer <laughs> because he's, you know, stays the prince power of the air, and that's not something. Yeah. Because if, if Steve McQueen had become a Buddhist or something like that, that'd be big news. But uh, I saw... I saw in Steve, uh, I, I would call it an authenticity or, or a genuineness. Um, in some ways, he was a quiet, private person. Mm. And uh, I remember, I remember uh, while we were in the restaurant, this lady, her little boy came, came in, and, and when they got ready to leave, they came over to the table, and she said, uh, Goodbye, little boy. Get your autograph. And Steve uh, just very quietly said, uh, I decided a long time ago I wasn't going to give autographs. He says, I'm sorry. But he said, I just don't give them. And so uh, people wonder, well, how come Leonard doesn't have pictures of his time? But uh, I, I, I didn't want to do anything that would look I was trying to capitalize on, sure. the, on the friendship. Yeah. Uh, I, mm. uh, yeah. I just wanted to give him the support, the encouragement, uh, everything I possibly could that would add to his growth. And uh, so that was the nature of our relationship. Well, I know you got his autograph in a funny <laughs> well, way. Just, you have uh, to share that story. Share it with us at lunch. It's a, it's a great story. Well, <laughs> he didn't give his autograph. No, I know, but the way you got it is funny. Uh, on, on Sunday mornings... I would leave my parking space, which was really close to the church, and we'd leave it open for my wife, because she was deeply involved in children's ministry, and and uh, she had all kinds of materials that she had to yeah. carry in. If she didn't get that parking spot, <laughs> then she had to walk a mile, not quite a mile, but a, a long ways, carrying. So one Sunday after church, when I came home, the kids met me at the door, and they said, do you know what mom did? And I thought, well, knowing Joyce, it couldn't have been anything very bad because <laughs> she just wasn't that way. <laughs> they said, she left a note on Steve McQueen's windshield to not park in your place. Because it was an old car. She didn't know whose car it was. Well, and just boom. He, Steve loved old things restored. He had a warehouse full of them. Wow. Old refrigerators, uh, 
uh, old motorcycles, old cars, you name it, uh, all restored. And uh, wow. so uh, I, I found Joyce and I said, did you really leave a note on his windshield? And she said, uh, well, I didn't know it was his car. And I had all these materials to carry. And so I simply said, please leave this place open for the pastor. <laughs> and uh, so a week later when she came, the parking space was open. And when she came out, the same note was under her windshield wiper <laughs> and he had signed it. That's great. So, uh, And you still have that today. We right? have that note. That's yeah. pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing it's great you know story. It's, it's it's great to see the transformation you know when oh. you're telling these stories and like i said reading some of the quotes of what he used to think about god specifically i wanted to just read a couple of these because he said things like my god is green grass the blue sky and the trees you know before he was saved he said believe i believe in me god will be number one as long as i number one <laughs> I'm number one. Now, do you think that is indicative whatsoever of what he was when he came to you? Post-conversion. Yeah. Post-conversion. Yeah, I think that uh, that had tapered Yeah. Over, over whatever period of time he was taking flying lessons and mm. getting to know the Masons. And because that, that, I think there was a time when that was probably very accurate. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Kind, of, kind of arrogant, I've arrived, but... Uh, it didn't satisfy. Yeah, it didn't satisfy, and he knew he knew it didn't satisfy. So when when he meets the real thing in a family, uh, he 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 realizes there's something a whole lot better than I've ever experienced, and so he he it just added to the hunger that I think was already there. Yeah. So yeah, and he had had said that he had all these insecurities and everything from mm -hmm. growing up poor. Right. And his hope at that time, pre-conversion, he said was found in the fact that he had stardom. So he knew he would never go back to that right. because of his stardom. And when I see that, I, I'm like, wow, imagine that. As When you're thinking of it from a pre-conversion right. mindset yeah, of someone who hasn't come to Christ yet, and they have to place their hope in their stardom. And it seems to me, and, and you got to know him pretty well, it seems to me that he wasn't actually so keen in that stardom by the time he was around. No, you. that's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. I think I made the. I, I think I mentioned the fact that he said that I, I respect Hollywood and I I earn my living there and I work there, but uh, I don't want to live there. I I chose this place, and I think not just because the the pilot that was going to train him lived there, but the countryside and his uh, his acreage was at the end of a road, so yeah. he would have privacy. Yeah, we're talking not, yeah. not many miles from right here. Yeah, yeah. It's this country right here. Yeah. But 20 miles as a, as a crow right. flies, that 15 maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like, yeah, it's it, it's it's really interesting to us because this is so localized for us. Right. You know, not only, you know, because the ministry, Good Fight Ministries, a lot of us has to do with the, exposing the things of this world, you know, as we're commanded mm -hmm. to in Ephesians 5.11. But then making sure we want people, we want Christ to arise in their hearts yeah. after these things are shown. And so when you see someone who just lived that life. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about the biggest movies over and over again. Mm -hmm. Just, I mean... 
especially at that time, and maybe you can speak to it better than I think even Joe or myself, you know, I guess we got the different generations here, <laughs> you know, of maybe who Steve McQueen was to you before you knew him, just as a movie star, some of his movies and, and things like that that you knew him as. Yeah, what changes did you see in him? from? Well, you know? in that as well, yeah. I saw, I saw in his movies a dedication, a dedication to, I don't know if I'd call it perfection, mm. but uh, whatever his role was in that movie, he, he wanted to get that message out. Mm. He was, I think he was authentic in the role that he played. Right. But it, it didn't satisfy a deeper longing mm. that, was, that was in his heart. And uh, so he, he hooks up with a man of integrity, a man of honesty, a man of principle, a, a man who kept his promises. And, and then not only that, but a whole family like that. And then other people that he met. And so it just, uh, it, it just created a hunger and a thirst in him to know what, what do these people really have? And I, I think that that's one of the greatest ways to win people mm -hmm. because they're watching us. What do they see? Yeah. Amen. What do they see? And, you know, it's, it's interesting because, you know, he had already mentioned that you uh, thought about being a lawyer, you know, growing up. And when we think of a legal term in scripture, you know, we think of apologia, apologetics. Right. And when we tie that so often in, in the Christian faith, we tie apologetics to having these great answers to defend. But the starting place of that text in First yeah. Peter 3 is specifically about them seeing a hope that is within us yeah. that causes yeah. them to ask the question, why do you have this hope? And we mm -hmm. are required to have that defense. And it, it seems as though, what I, just picturing this dramatically in my head, if you will, you have Sammy Mason mm -hmm. living that life, wondering yeah. about this hope, and then providing you with the opportunity yeah. to give a defense for the hope that is within us. You know, uh, I, I, I think that that is, I think that that is true. And I think that, I think that Steve could tell by my style, my style of teaching. Uh, I'm not in the entertainment business. Uh, and, and I don't, I don't mean that in a wrong way. I no. just, um, ever so often I think of Paul, and uh, several of his letters, he starts out, Paul, an apostle by the will of God. Yeah. By the will of God. Mm -hmm. And I think, Leonard, a pastor, a shepherd, a proclaimer of truth by the will of God. There's only one reason why I am in this world doing what I'm doing. And that's because I know God has called me. Praise God. That's, and so, uh, someday, someday I will have to stand before Christ and uh, give an account for the way I've handled His Word and for the way I've lived my life. Amen. And uh, I would like to hear, Leonard, you, you did well. Well then, good faithful servant. Yes. You did well. Amen. I I praise God. I don't want to hear him say, uh, "You were a phony. Amen. You compromised the truth." But um, 
And, uh, you know, there's just been a lot of things over the years that have happened. My first wife died after six years, and I was left with Pam, who was three and a little boy, 10 months old. And and then uh, God brought Joyce into our lives, and and in January, after 56 years, the Lord called her home. And Just last month, yeah. Yeah. So those things have marked me mm-hmm. deeply. And I know, I know I would not have survived. There are a number of times when I should have been killed. Wow. Yeah. Uh, accidents and just different things that happened that how I ever came out of it alive. So there seems to be, and I don't think of this while I'm teaching, but... There seems to be an authenticity, and people can tell he really means business. And I think that that registered with Steve. Praise God. Yeah. And he we, needed that. We had, uh, you know, that he felt like he could trust me. And, uh, and I, uh, you know, the, the only thing, I, I mean, during during the time that he was alive, I mean, I protected. It wasn't. I protected our relationship. But uh, the one thing I remember um, when he was diagnosed with the cancer, and he said to me, he said, "Now that I'm a Christian, I want to live." And uh, I'd like others to know, to know about Christ. Praise God. But uh, if I don't make it, I know where I'm going. I really believe that I have something to give the world, something that I, a message that I can give, something that I can teach other people as far as my relationship with the Lord. That's beautiful. I, I mean, I, I just, those words, I know where I'm going. Yeah, you know, uh, that blesses my heart because yeah. one of my favorite verses is, you know, it's such a short verse, but it says so much. Yeah. To live as Christ and to die as gain. And just yeah. that yeah. little story right there. Yeah. I want to live so I can share Jesus with people. Right. To live for him became Christ. Yeah. That's authentic, you know. Oh yeah. But to die is gain, but I know mm-hmm. where I'm going. Yeah. That's very, very I'll powerful. I'll never forget that. I mean, that's just after he has received the news <laughs> right. that, that he has cancer and it's active. Right. And a lot of people may think, hey, he got cancer and therefore he thought, oh, I, maybe I better find out about the God thing or what no. have you. But explain to us that that happened. Oh. The diagnosis was subsequent to his conversion, right? Right. right. How long was it between that conversation where he had told you, I was born again on that day? How long was that before he got his, his ultimate, his cancer diagnosis? Probably about 11 months. Oh, wow. Yeah. Probably about wow. 11 months. God, God said, hey, I'm snatching him out of the fire before oh, he, yeah. You know, yeah. Wow, it's powerful. You know, one of the more interesting stories, and I was just looking at uh, Steve McQueen and and some of the documentary stuff, was the fact that he had a a great escape of his own uh, when it came to Charles Manson. He was high up on Charles Manson's hit list. Uh And in fact, in a more recent film with uh, Quentin Tarantino did called Once Upon a Time in in Hollywood, it's with Leonardo DiCaprio and, and Brad Pitt. They actually have a scene of Steve McQueen in it. Okay. And he is uh, fawning over uh, uh, Sharon Tate. Oh. And then later to find out that 
that he literally was about to go to a party that they were at, uh, the very one that they were murdered by the Manson okay. family. Okay. And then he himself didn't go to that party because he was committing an adulterous act <laughs> at the time. And you're like, it, it's it's incredible because... It's all he, BC, by the way. But yeah. yeah, all before he knew Christ, many, yeah. many years, uh, yeah. 20 years or so yeah. before he knew yeah. Christ. And you see, you see this, that even the Lord, and, and I think of 2 Peter 3, 9, when I hear a story like that, that it's not that the Lord, Lord is slow concerning his coming, right. but that he's patient, not willing that any would Amen. perish, right. but that all would come to repentance. And also, I even think of Joseph mm-hmm. with his brothers, where even though he was doing evil, God will still maneuver his way about, right. you know, because himself, yeah. God is still sovereign. Yeah, that's right. And he was almost dead back then and mm-hmm. could have died directly in his sins. And that's for anybody, mm-hmm. right? I always say that to people when they're like, why doesn't God come back and end it yeah. when it comes to yeah. the, the rapist and the child murderer? And the fact is, is that he hasn't come back. And how about the unbelieving grandma that you have? Mm-hmm. Or how about mm-hmm. the friend down the street? And how about you before yeah. you what came if he to returned Christ? Before you got saved, yeah. yeah. So it's one of those mm-hmm. big things when I was reading that. You know, it, it's it's mind-boggling to think about that. And you think about A Great Escape. This is one of his biggest movies, yeah. right? And you think about his real great escape was coming to the Lord. And I love this quote because you said a great quote right there. And I think that really helps us to get a good grasp of somebody who has actually had a conversion. Mm-hmm. When you get to a place mm-hmm. where you're like, he was BC saying stardom was his hope. Because he has stardom, he doesn't have to have anxiety about going back into right. to that, right? But now he's found a hope that even death, even yeah. death, he says, I, ha- I-, I can be saved. And, and in Marshall te- uh, Marshall's book, he actually puts this quote that you gave him mm-hmm. concerning from uh, Steve McQueen. He says, my only regret in life is that I was not able to tell others about what Jesus mm-hmm. did for me. Now, mm-hmm. I, I don't know about you, but that sounds like a converted man to me. <laughs> He's telling people right now. Well, you don't hear you don't hear a lot of people who've been Christian for years make yeah. that make that statement. Yeah, good point. <clears throat> yeah, very good point. Yeah, you know it's interesting because it kind of hit me when we were talking about uh, you know, his heart. You know, is a lot of people, especially today, and you know, but but they go through trials. Mm-hmm. You know, they go through hard times, and that's where the rubber meets the road. Where are you? Are you authentic as a believer and so forth as well? And especially today, a lot of people, they go through trials and they, they're taught this prosperity gospel where God wants you rich and he wants you wealthy oh. and uh, it's horrible, you know? It makes a mockery of Christ. And if you suffer, well, that must not be God's will. Yeah. Even though Peter talks about suffering according to the will of God, <laughs> right? First Peter. Uh, yeah. But it's interesting, when Steve hears the bad news, that's a trial. Yeah. That's, that's a real trial. I mean, I was just in the hospital yeah. a couple months ago with heart problems and COVID at the same time. And they were both new to me. And I was like, saying I wasn't, they were saying I wasn't going to survive by the grace of God. And you go through a trial, you either get closer to Jesus or you get further away. Mm-hmm. And for a new believer, I mean, he could have been like, wait a minute, I just came to Christ and exactly. I got cancer. Is this so it's so easy for him to, to get upset, <laughs> blaspheme God or whatever. Yeah. Do interviews with the, you know, look at how this God is. Yeah. But it's very clear from what you're saying oh. is that he drew closer to the Lord through it, which he, is beautiful. He, he did. He did. That's awesome. Yeah. Because I, I, after he told me about the, about the tumor and about the cancer, we just sat there for you know, just a few minutes, and finally I, I just said, Steve, how do you feel about this? What's going through your mind now? Wow. And, so uh, and he says, well, now that I'm a Christian, I really do want to live because I, I'd like to share what I have found with others. 
Praise God. But if I don't make it, I know where I'm going. You know, That's so beautiful. Yeah. I, I don't know what more you could ask for <laughs> as, a, as an evidence, you know. Uh, yeah. It has the reek of maturity. Assurance of salvation. Yeah, you yeah. Know, peace with God. Yeah. Uh, Concern for others. Concern for others. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And maturity and saying, hey, my life is his hands. It's not about me. Yeah. You know, he's ultimately the king of kings, the Lord of lords, you know. And, and it's interesting because after, in retrospect, he also said this, and I thought this was really interesting. In retrospect to, you know, his old life of, oh, I've always had faith being different than being born again, right? Because right. he said, I've always tried to say that I've had faith and I never gave up. He said, but I've thought of suicide. I got a 45 automatic. I thought of taking my plane out and crashing it. And he thought of it all. And you think about that and you're like, yeah. then he goes from that to the reason I want to continue to live is so that Praise I can God. tell people about Jesus. Yeah, that's a great point. And, and I think, you know, and I hope what's happening here right now is something of a, a, a blessing, you know, would be a blessing to him oh, in the right. sense yeah. that he wanted more people to hear this story. And, it, and I mean, and they are. They are now, right? <laughs> yeah. you, you already did. You did the, the documentary there um, and on American Icon, Stephen mm-hmm. King, the American Icon. And now we're doing more. We're getting, yeah. getting this story out because... And I can only imagine. I mean, yeah. Steve, if he was watching that documentary, he was like, okay, good. They're telling the story, but I want to go deeper. Well, yeah. here you are. Yeah. <laughs> now here you are. Yeah, we wanted to hear yeah. more. And, and in all honesty, when I watched the documentary, I had, I had sent my notes and I said, you know, I really love listening to his pastor, you know, because I, I felt as though you had a lot of great things to say because this is important for people to realize. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like this, hey, and there's nothing wrong with a deathbed conversion. Yeah. Hey, praise God for the thief on the cross, right? Yeah. Uh, but one of the things that happens, though, is people think, oh, that's this crutch. Yeah. But that wasn't the case for him. No, not at all. He didn't know when he accepted Christ that he had cancer or was going to have cancer. That, that wasn't even a factor. Yeah, and that's chance to praise God for deathbed conversions because yeah. anyone comes to Christ, however you come to Christ, I mean, that's a critical time in your life, so hopefully you wake up the last moment, but it's yeah. just interesting yeah. that that wasn't his story, you know. Yeah, yeah and, and I think it's it's so important, too, for a number of reasons, for Christians to hear this story, yeah. because for Christians to hear about Sammy Mason, you know, for pastors to hear uh, yeah. about Pastor Leonard here, because Sammy Mason being that person in the congregation mm-hmm. You being used by God. And, and one thing that after I came to faith, I, I was like, man, I had no idea what was going on behind the curtain, not just alone with what God was doing in, in drawing me, but also for all the people, you know, the people that were visiting my work sure. and praying for me and stuff. So I have to ask, did you know that, that Sammy Mason had Steve McQueen coming to him as an airplane pilot, or you had no idea, or to learn how to fly, or did you have no idea? No, I didn't know that. You did? I didn't know that. So yeah. you were able to pray for him? Well, sure. <laughs> yeah, because he was saying, yeah, that's yeah. when he was hoping, he was knowing that Sammy would have an impact yeah. in his life, hopefully, yeah. you know, and he did, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. That's, that's beautiful. And so well, it's, it's I, good to hear I, that, yeah. It, it was wonderful for me to not have to be concerned about Sam. I just because Amen, you knew. he was so solid in his faith. Wasn't he the elder in your church? Yeah, yeah. Praise and, God. But and he lived. He lived the life. He lived the life. And so I just knew that if Steve was around him for any length of time, that that authenticity would draw him, and that that he would want to know why is he like this. 
why why is this uh, such a man of principle and integrity and uh, keeps these promises and so forth? And uh, it, it wasn't that Sammy was just naturally that way. That was the outgrowth of his faith. Amen. Praise God. Amen. You know? Yeah, and that's what we hope will be the outcome of all of our faith. And yeah. with our audience, we praise God. We have a lot of people that love the Lord and a great, great uh, just group of people. Yeah. And uh, that's what the Lord wants for all of us. He wants us to, to live mm-hmm. a, a life where we exemplify and shine the light of Christ with the light of the world, the salt yeah. of the earth. And that comes from knowing Jesus. And, mm-hmm. and look at the impact he had. You never know who you're going to impact. That's right. You know how sense, no, that's right. You know, so we should all be, make sure we're living for Jesus first for God's glory and yeah. life of thanksgiving for the cross and the resurrection. But also so we can bring as many people mm-hmm. with us as possible. And, mm-hmm. and it's just neat to see. Yeah. I'm, I'm blessed to know as a pastor, you were teaching the Word of God. It impacted Sammy's life. Yeah. And through that, you know, the Lord was able to impact Steve's life. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it's a shame. You know, the enemy tries to keep the light hidden that, that when Steve came, Steve McQueen came to Christ, yeah. uh, it wasn't publicized as much. But, you know, heaven rejoiced, you know, yeah. and that's what really counts the most. But yeah. it's, it is awesome that I'm so glad you're, you're taking opportunity to share his story. The thing that, the thing that uh, has often intrigued me has been God's timing in a situation. Because uh, uh, Steve said to me uh, when he shared the news, he said, I want to live, but if I don't, I know where I'm going. And then he said, and if I don't make it, I want you to promise me you'll do my service. Mm. Well, you know, I was hoping he was going to make it too. But, um, you know, with, with the passing of time, the condition got worse and he started having different kinds of treatment and and then I was scheduled uh, I was scheduled to take a trip to Romania I think it was October uh, first part of November and uh, I had made a trip to see him where he was hospitalized and uh, I just knew that apart from a miracle he wasn't going to be alive when I got back right and here I had I had promised I'd do his service I, g- I gave him my word mm. And uh, all the arrangements had been made for the trip. There was no way to cancel it. And I started praying about that. You know, what I, what am I going to do? And, mm. and I still remember on a Saturday morning, I was scheduled to leave on Monday. And uh, on uh, Saturday morning at 2 o'clock in the morning, Barbara, his wife, called and said, Steve just passed away. Mm. And... Uh, would you make arrangements for a funeral home to meet us at the airport in Oxnard? And then she said, and then tomorrow, which would be Sunday, out at the ranch, I'd like you to hold a memorial service just for people who are invited. And uh, I just thought, I can keep my promise. I can also take this trip to uh, Romania, have the ministry there that I'm scheduled to have. God is never, ever early, and He's never late. Amen. <laughs> Always on time. Always Sorry. on time. You know, yeah. you know, you know. The text I, I had it in front of me because it was something I was thinking about. You know, thinking about his his passing, as you're mentioning specifically his funeral, being able to share. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. The gospel with the people there, you know, mm-hmm. um, that were in mourning. You know, yeah. the Bible is very clear that it, it's better to be in a place of mourning than it is a place of feasting, because yeah. people consider 
their end. And you're definitely going to consider your end when you think of a 50-year-old, you know, king oh, yeah. of cool, yeah. and he's passed. And so it's a great opportunity to share the gospel. And then the words of Jesus in John chapter 12, verse 24, Truly, truly, I say unto you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much right. fruit. Right. And so to see that still being able to bear fruit, mm -hmm. even though he goes on and passes, and now hopefully through things like this, and I hope we're not the last one. I hope multiple people bring out this oh, story and yeah. bring it to light and say, hey, you know, if you're a lost person and you're thinking, oh, those, you know, those weird Christians, they just believe <laughs> weird things so that they can have a crutch on, you know, so mm -hmm. they don't, because they don't understand the world. And they're like, no, once the world is actually truly in balance with reality and who God is, yeah. when you understand the truth is found in Christ, the truth is found in his word, this is where you get a place where you don't have to put your hope on sifting sin. Well, you yeah. don't have to put your yeah. hope on stardom. And mm -hmm. because so many people, as many as actors as mm -hmm. we know by name that are big giant actors, there are many, 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 many more that are your waitress when you mm -hmm. go to the restaurant mm -hmm. that thought they were going to be that one day mm -hmm. and that are esteeming them and yeah. that is their literal idol that's right and so they're looking at that and he's like wait a second god comes to him and you have this radical mm -hmm. transformation mm -hmm. and then he comes to know the lord mm -hmm. and, I, and i think it's a great testimony to oh. hey it doesn't matter where you're at the lord will come you know and he and he sent his son to die for mm -hmm. all people mm -hmm. you know so this is a a, a great, I mean, I'm just loving hearing all these stories because mm -hmm. I think it's it speaks to the faithfulness of not only, you know, having an elder at your church, yeah. being a faithful witness in what he does. He was excellent at his job and what he did. And then using that in a way that would bring people to know the Lord. I think it's, it's there powerful. Was a, there was a side to Steve that I don't know how many people were aware of it because uh, in some ways he was he was a very private person. But uh, it was not unusual for someone to uh, maybe have some kind of a setback and uh, maybe a hospital bill, something else that happened. And uh, no fanfare, but that bill was paid. Mm. Praise and, God. Uh, and uh, uh, we, have a, we have a school. There's a, a school that we started when I was pastor uh, Venture Missionary Church, and it it has done very well. It's a it's a rock solid school. I didn't know I didn't know that he knew anything about it, and uh, he told me he told me towards the end. He says, "I just want you to know I'm I'm leaving some money for the school." Uh, I just thought, how did you how did you even know about the school? Wow. <laughs> but uh, he evidently had come by and checked it out and found out that uh, Praise God. they're really serious about their curriculum and about Christ. And wow. Well, you remember he said, of course you remember, he shared it with us, uh, that he just wished he could share Jesus with yeah, people. Yeah. Well, he did. Yeah. I mean, through that, through the giving of a school that's yeah. preaching the gospel and mm -hmm. encouraging people to be ministries mm -hmm. in ministry. Yeah. So he, he did get the gospel yeah. out. Yeah. There's so uh, I love that quality about him. No fanfare. Yeah. I don't need a plaque. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Man, there's a profound twist to, I mean, speaking of movies, right? You know, the, a lot of the movies that hit it big are the ones that have these incredible yeah. twists at the end. And it's, it's kind of a profound irony yeah. that his life 
had this incredible twist at the end, mm-hmm. even though people aren't aware of it, which is no yeah. bad fear. Yeah. Uh, but the profound twist in his life is that he's considered the king of cool. He's the icon that defines what cool is in Hollywood for years. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, you know what? Hollywood doesn't really know what cool is. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's not authentic. It's yeah. pretentious. And he found out what real cool was. You right. know, he found out the real king of cool yeah. of reality, you know, of Jesus Christ, yeah, yeah. Uh, the creator of all things. The, the, the most cool thing someone could do is Jesus said, greater love has no one mm-hmm. this, that they lay their mm-hmm. life down for a friend. Then he comes to the realization that mm-hmm. Christ laid his life down for him. Mm-hmm. And then he realizes he's the one that needs to be center of my life. And I just think there's a profound irony there that this mm-hmm. king of cool comes to realize what reality is and how there's beauty. That's where the true beauty is. I would say, I would say in his conversion that Steve discovered that being a Christian is far more than being religious. Praise God. It's a relationship. Amen. It's a relationship. That's huge. And he he loved that relationship. And he was growing. He was growing in that relationship. And that meant it just it that that became his life. That became that's his that's life. so awesome. You yeah. know, and and you know, if you guys are, are listening to this right now and you know, maybe you don't know Jesus yet, you know, mm-hmm. and you're like keep talking about this relationship and born again. You know, I'd love, you know, with Joe here to, before we finish here, I'd love for Joe to express to you, how do you come into a right relationship, as he's mentioning, with Christ? Yeah, I think uh, a lot of it's been articulated as far as just Steve's life becomes a, a paradigm of what it means to recognize your sin and your emptiness mm-hmm. and, and reality of who God is and the fact that you're a sinner that needs to be right with God, that needs to be saved, that... That he had that that emptiness because the Bible says God put eternity in our hearts and mm-hmm. only the eternal God can fill that void. And Steve losing his Steve McQueen losing his his father when he was young had that huge void and all the money, all the fame, all the abilities he had never satisfied. He knew that deep down, and he was constantly searching for it, as we talked about, you know, trying to find it. And he himself couldn't find it. He said, you know, he made it big in Hollywood, but what's next? I mean, it didn't satisfy. He was suicidal at times and so forth. Didn't want to live. Came to Christ. Then he wanted to live more than ever. And it's like, well, what a shame. He was taken. Well, when he was taken, he's living more than ever. This is the very presence of God. (laughs) And we just want to let you know, it's really, really amazing because Steve came to know his father in heaven, the father that he had never known, the ultimate father that human fathers are supposed to point to. And he wanted you to know uh, maybe you're a big Steve McQueen fan. He wanted he he wished he could be around to tell you about Jesus, and in a kind of roundabout way, he is through us. Mm-hmm. And he wants you to know that you can have a relationship with the Father in heaven. Mm-hmm. Jesus said, "As many as received Christ, Jesus says, as many as received Him." I'm sorry, God's word says in John 1:12, "As many as received Him, He gave the right to become the children of God." Mm-hmm. And that's because we're alienated from God because of our sin. We're separated because of our rebellion. Mm-hmm. And that's why Steve said, you know that he'd been born again when he was sharing with Pastor Leonard, who, when he, he said, I know, you know, I've got one question for you. And he said, yeah, I know what you're going to ask me. Have I been born again? <laughs> and he said, I was a few weeks ago when you asked me to, you know, the folks who received Christ, I received Christ. He saw that life change. You simply need to recognize and admit that you're a sinner, that you're separated from God, but that 
God so loved you that he sent his son who provided salvation for you on the cross in pain for your sins. Everything you did wrong, you don't have to be condemned to hell for because Jesus said, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever, that means you, believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And that he didn't come to the end of the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. So he wants you to come to him and receive him. And when you receive Christ in your heart, in your life, you receive the forgiveness of sins. And Jesus comes in your life. Mm-hmm. The Father and the Son both said they'll make their home in your heart. And then you have a relationship with the Father. And I just want to share with you, remember we were talking about in our discussion that uh, Pastor Leonard was sharing with us how Steve loved to restore old things. I thought mm-hmm. that was interesting. Uh, he loved to restore cars and planes and take that which was old and make it new. Well, guess where he got that from? Our Father in Heaven loves to restore things that are broken. That's what the gospel, the good news is all mm-hmm. about, is uh, Pastor Leonard shared how uh, of Steve McQueen that he saw in his life. Old things had passed away, as the Bible says, all things became new. Mm-hmm. And if you recognize that you're a sinner, separated from the, the, the grace and salvation of God, separated from heaven, it's not only that you get saved from your sins, your rebellion against God through repentance, meaning turning away from that broad road that leads to destruction and turning to faith in Christ and, and putting your trust in Jesus, but also he changes your heart. He comes to live in there. You have this fulfillment that you could never have outside of Jesus. You have eternal life. And guess what? He makes all things new eventually, whether there'll be a new heaven, new earth. But guess what? Before all that happens, it begins with you becoming new, us becoming new. Uh, Pastor Leonard, uh, Brother Chad, myself, Brother Doug Stevelton, who incredibly was going to make a movie on Steve McQueen. And that's kind of how this came about. He's part of our staff. And then he found out somebody else was going to make the movie. They talked, and he said, you know, I'll just let you do it. Well, praise God, Doug was able to put mm-hmm. this on. And I even asked him, I go, Doug, you take my spot. You do the interview with, with, with Brother Chad. I pleaded with him two or three times. No, go do it. He goes, no, I want you to do it. Well, guess what? We're doing it, ultimately, not to talk about Steve McQueen and praise God for what he did in his life, but to talk most about Jesus, who right. Steve wants to be exalt- wanted to be exalted in his life mm-hmm. so you can have eternal life and you can have the joy that he had and have the courage to live life as Steve did after he received Christ where he no longer wanted to commit suicide, but he wanted to live for Christ. Mm-hmm. So we encourage you to turn to Jesus while you have time before it's too late. We love you guys. Yeah, we want to thank you guys so much also for just joining us in this presentation. And of course, both Joe and I want to thank Pastor Leonard DeWitt for coming uh, alongside us. Thank today. you, brother. My privilege, really. Praise God. It's been a joy. We love you, man. You mentioned earlier about a in my life. Well, that crew was playing the Lord in my life. Uh, I'd like to think that I'm a good Christian. I'm trying to be. It's not easy. I want to change some people's lives somehow. Uh, But I know the Lord, what I have to offer, what's happened to me. Uh, I know now I've changed a lot. I used to be martyred macho, and now my body's gone and broken. But my spirit isn't broken. You've been listening to the Good Fight Radio Show brought to you by Good Fight Ministries. If you're blessed by this show and would like to partner with us, please consider visiting our Patreon page at patreon.com goodfight. Or you can write to us at P.O. Box 2202, Simi Valley, California, 93062. Or call us toll free at 1-866-JC-TRUTH. That's 1-866-528-7884. We hope you'll tune in next time on the Good Fight Radio Show.